Welcome to the Field of 12 After Dark Show, Sirius XM, ESPNU. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. Let the nuts hang. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. The old man, I'm screaming at kids to get off his lawn. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Cheers, boys. Let's ride. Let's go. Actual college football, everything that's going on in the country with this this crazy sport. I'm your host, Michael Felder. And I've got a couple of superstars joining me on Field of 12 After Dark. Let's start with our coach. Uh, Actually, you know what we're going to start with? Make sure you follow us on the SiriusXM app. That's where you can get the show. Make sure you check out Bet Rivers. You can follow us on YouTube and Twitter as well. Now we're going to our coach, the coach, Kevin Sumlin. You know him from AM, Houston, Arizona, working on big things with Field of 12. Coach Sumlin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How y'all doing? Man, we're making it work. And also following him up, we got Adam Brittiman, former Penn State UMass tight end, three-time All-American. We got a guy that he knows football, college football analyst. Uh, Brittiman, how are you doing? We've worked together. We, listen, we've all we've all kind of been in the mix together. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this team right now, man. I'm loving, I'm loving the, the, this group. I'm excited. Yeah, so the show is packed to the gills tonight. And we only have, I, at this point, we have 59 minutes to get everything in. And we're going to deliver. But... We've got a couple of interviews with two Wills, Will Levis and Will Mallory, that we're going to get to later on in the show. We're going to kind of pick Coach someone's brain about making quarterback decisions. Uh, Adam, we're going to talk to you a little bit about what it's like to be a tight end when you're going into an underdog situation because Will Mallory, obviously, the tight end from Miami. We're going to get all of those things. We're also going to hit on Oklahoma. We're going to hit on J.J. McCarthy. But we always start with a toast. I'm going to kick it off with Coach Sumlin. What do you got? Uh, you know, I, I, I get a lot of heat cause I toasted one, <laughs> one week, the first week to the big 10 commissioner, but guess <laughs> what? I'm going again with the commissioner, uh, wow. of the Sun Belt, otherwise known as the fun belt right now. Right. Love it. Love let's, it. Let's, let's, let's just think about what they did in the last two weeks. You can talk about what, yeah. Yeah. What, what Appalachian state did. You've got. Uh, Marshall, Georgia State, Marshall. Hey, the fun belt is real, right? Here, and hats off to the whole league and to Commissioner Keith Gill. That's my toast. Boom. Cheers, boys. Cheers. All right, Adam, what do you got for us? Man, this was a tough one, but I, uh, there were a lot, a lot of options, a lot of big time, uh, Big time games in week two and coming up in week three. But I'm going to go a little wild card. Jake Dickert, head coach at Washington State, goes on the road to his hometown of Wisconsin and gets a massive win that I don't think anyone saw coming. And when when I think about Coach Dickert, we may be talking about him and Washington State's able to keep him come November and December this year. So let's let's give a toast to Coach Dickert. That's a big one. That was a, I did not think that they were going to win that football game. That, was, that, that was good. <laughs> That was great. And Eric Morris, uh, who left his job uh, in, in Texas to become the OC, uh, yeah. obviously, I mean, I, I, I had him. He was on the staff with us at Houston and, 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 uh, and uh, A&M, but he is a really talented guy that another little, little bitty receiver at, at Texas Tech. He knows what he's <laughs> dealing with out there. They'll throw it around. They're going to be just fine. That's a great toast. All right, and here's I'm I'm gonna bring up my last. I'm gonna bring up the rear here, and I'm gonna go quick. But it's Arizona. Have you seen their turnover their turnover prize? No. Have you got? So it's like a you have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse where they have the churrasco, like the sword with the meat? They take the football from the other team and they impale it on the sword and then hold it up and they just keep all those footballs on the sword. So I'm going to toast to that. I love it. I think it's amazing. It's, I mean, it's not just goaded. It's goaded with the sauce. I love it. I haven't seen it. I'm going to have to look it up. I yeah, you, gotta, you guys got to check that out. So what we also have to check out, we're going to talk Tennessee, or excuse me, we're going to talk Kentucky and Florida. We might as well get to the Will Levis interview because I want to get you guys' reaction to this. But let's start it off with hearing what Levis thought about and where he thinks they fit in the SEC. What's going on? Welcome to the field of 68. Got a very special guest here. I've been excited to talk to this guy. Was once one of my own, um, but now he's found a home down there in Kentucky. Uh, Will Levis. Will, how you doing today? I really appreciate you taking some time. Doing well. Just had a pretty solid practice and 
looking forward to just kind of hanging out here the rest of the night. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, so I, I kind of want to reflect back on that Florida game. Um, I'm sure you've, you're blue in the face talking about it, but uh, walk me through it. You know, I, I'm just going to throw a couple things out there that I saw um, and that I'm very surprised about. And I think you can expand upon. Um, you guys look like a team that's been there before. Um, I know that historically speaking, Kentucky's had some rough patches and you guys have been building, um, building this thing and, and it's been fun to watch, but when you get in those types of environments, not having a ton of reps at it, it's really hard to come out and play the way that you guys played. Um, and I think it's a testament from the top down, um, head coach through the leadership all the way down to the bottom. So I want you to kind of expand on that and, and, and talk me through what that's like, the building of that, and ultimately what you expect um, moving forward. Yeah, it definitely is difficult for someone who's never been in an environment like that. Um, I mean, some of our guys were playing in their second – college football game of all time uh mm -hmm. most of those guys being true freshmen too so to to be exposed to an environment like that in your second game and then for for a lot of our starters second game of starting um it is difficult and it's a testament to kind of our leadership and our coaching staff for getting us prepared throughout the week um i think uh as, as you probably know what we did at penn state as well just like pumping the crowd noise in at practice and making sure that the environment in practice was uh, as annoying uh, or, or even more than it will be uh, for game day. So some guys were a little um, surprised by that, but it was necessary. And we, we made sure we had the right mindset throughout the whole week. And I think we're at a level now, this program where uh, we were ex ex um, expecting to be on that stage and to play in those types of games. And we've already seen those a, a few of those types of games just in the last couple of seasons. So uh, for the program and for the guys that have been there, uh, it was nothing new. And because of that experience, I think we were able to just bring up the guys around us, get them ready for what to expect, and to just kind of have that no flinch mentality and go in there and just uh, and just play ball. So I mean, we still had a lot highest aspirations, but um, that's a good game for us to to build upon. You guys got uh, Ole Miss coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks. You're headed down to the Grove, then at UT, and then you got a big one at home versus Georgia. And I think that that could shape up to be a to be a major player in the SEC here um, in terms of the overall outcome. So I, I, I'm a huge fan of you guys. I, I love the blue collar mentality. I love the way you guys come out, play super physical, fly around. So um, just looking forward, obviously, you got to take each week, one week at a time, as we saw this past weekend, Giants can fall. Um, but um, looking ahead, uh, what are you most excited about with this team in terms of your development growth and hopefully peaking at the right time? Yeah, I think that I'm just looking forward to to peaking and to finding that comfort zone of, of exactly what we're great at, what uh, what we're going to focus on more in terms of which kind of run concepts, which kind of pass concepts are really going to be our bread and butter. I still like, I still like, I still feel like we're figuring that out right now, and we're kind mm -hmm. of it takes until we get those reps in the games to understand uh, really what we're confident in, in, in putting out there and what routes we'll have our guys run and all that. Um, and I kind of feel like we found that five, six games into the season last year. So, and that's when we were the mo our most dangerous and throughout the rest of the year, we were playing really good ball, obviously with some ups and downs, but that, that team after the fourth game was infinitely better than it was the first game. And I know that we still have that jump to take this year, and I just know that if we keep kind of preparing the way that we have been and trust our coaches and our play calling and uh, how they put, put us up for success, um, this team can be uh, really, really dangerous. We have Miami Hurricanes. Someone, I want to go right to you. Mallory do you, with us do you think this is a Will, team that can win the SEC East? Get to you know, Atlanta? I, as, you, as you go through it, right, um, one game in the SEC East or West does not – put you in a, in a championship mode, but right. one game against an opponent in your own side is like winning two games, a game and a yes. half. So the, it, it becomes different. Your crossover opponents become certain things, but in the SEC, it's like NFC central, right? So you're, you're playing a win against opponent in your own side is worth damn near two games. And, you know, we, we talked about Florida uh, two weeks ago, Yep. And said that was going to be hard. I, I told you. It's a hard place to play in, right? And the swamp is a – it's truly a tough environment. Um, the winning percentage there is, is hard. But 
I mean, with, with what they're doing right now and what Mark Stoops is and what he's become, he's been consistent over the last seven years, right? Struggle early, but everybody stood behind him. But I'm just going to tell you this, Kentucky is a real football team. Defensively, they showed it last year. They get the offensive pieces working in the same place. I still think they got a, a huge ceiling. Yeah, I agree with you, Coach Sumlin. And and I mean, anytime you go in the swamp and win a ball game, that, that, that gives your entire program <laughs> a lot of confidence. And I mean, to me, everyone talks about Will Levis. And I, I love Will Levis. I've been on his hype train for a while. Knew him from Penn State when I was there. But I mean, that right. Kentucky defense flies around now. That, that, that defense that doesn't play any games. And, and I don't think that they, they get enough credit uh, across the country. But I mean, you look at their schedule. You know, they, they got to go to Ole Miss, which is a game that I think they, they should win. And then it really comes down. They go to Tennessee and they got to play Georgia at home. Uh, and so it's going to come down to those those two games. And and uh, but I, th- I think I think just the momentum that they have after beating Florida, uh, going on the road and beating Florida really propels you into the rest of the season. As you guys know, it, the it's football's a game of momentum and they, they certainly have it right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go listen a little detour, but I'm gonna go third. Give me both of you guys. Give me 30 seconds. We'll start with you, Adam. Tennessee, are they a real threat? Because the way that watching their receivers, when those receivers catch a football, they look for a ref, throw the ball to the ref. They want him to spot the ball. They're addicted to tempo. Is Tennessee a real threat in the East? Yeah, I I think they are. I mean, I, I love what Josh Heupel's doing, and and they they just they just play at such a high tempo on offense. Um, you know, obviously they they beat a uh, you know a pit team that's that's you know decent, but was in a battle with West Virginia, who's not very sure. good, and, and and beat Ball State. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that program's come a long way from where it was um, a couple of years ago. Obviously, just coming out of um, you know a, a tough time in the with the previous regime. But yeah, I love what what Josh Heupel's doing at, at Tennessee, and I I think they're a contender. That that's the thing with the SEC. We could go through every every team right now and say they're all contenders. It feels like after after week two. Josh Heupel's a really good football coach. Yeah. Um he was a he's a a player overachiever. He won't get mad at me for saying that because I, I was there at the time in Oklahoma. So and you know. He's a when he started his career. So he's an overachieving guy. He knows what talent looks like because he's seen it um, and how to operate within in in that space. I would say that uh, I wouldn't get so excited right now because Pitt, you know, where they were and and who they were, what they did last year, they lost two of the best players in the country. Yeah. Last year, yeah. right? Everybody asks, is it quarterback or the receiver? Well, guess what, guys? I was at USC's practice. It's both of them, right? So yeah. <laughs> both those two dudes are those two dudes are like uh top five picks, right? So you can't whatever program in, unless you're at Alabama, you can't lose those two dudes and be the same team the next year. So um to me, uh Tennessee has still have still has to prove who the volunteers are, right? When they go. In the east, right? In the east, can they go to Florida? Can they can they go back to back? Can they cross over and in the west and win a game? One of the two. Right. And I don't know if that's gonna happen. It's gonna be rough. It's they listen, their their crossover schedule. When you look at Tennessee from a crossover schedule standpoint, obviously they're gonna play Alabama. They play Alabama every year. That's not gonna be easy. They get Alabama at Neyland. Um, this is a team that also is gonna play from a crossover standpoint. They have to. Oh, they're. I. They play LSU. So I. <laughs> I don't know, and I still don't know how I feel hey, about welcome LSU. Welcome to the West, right? That's, <laughs> that's every week in the West. Yeah, I just don't. I still don't know how I feel about LSU, but that's just no, another story for another day. Um, I guess I want to like. Here's the thing: we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh here in a little bit, and some of the decisions that he's made, or the the, the prime decision that he's made. But is Mark Stoops? Is he one of the? Is he one of the top 10 coaches in college football with taking a Kentucky football team to the level that they're at and then doing it? Let's be real. He's done it like several years in a row, having this team in contention, even though they haven't reached the mountaintop, they're still in contention. Um, Coach, someone you start because you felt that pressure before. Yeah, no, I've, I've known Mark forever, right? So um, obviously oh, yeah. working for his brother, right? We're, yeah. we're good friends. and, and uh, But – from 
let's let's skip over what happened this summer with him and Cal about being a basketball school. We're gonna yeah. walk that over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna skip through that because both of them are my friends, right? <laughs> so I got I got to stay out of that fight. But um, what Mark's done there is unbelievable. I mean, even back to if you look through his record, the only other guy that won more games in that amount of time is Bear Brown. Right. Think about that. That should answer your question. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think he, he's a guy that probably doesn't get enough recognition and is is now, now that he's finally uh, the all-time winningest coach at, at Kentucky. And, I mean, he's created his own culture, his own program. He did it the right way, too, like somewhat limited expectations to start. Um and you've seen the identity of that team and their play. I was just talking about the defense. They're physical. They're hard-nosed. And he's recruited well. I mean, getting Gante Goodwin um, out of Kentucky, landing him over Alabama and everyone else in the country was a huge but win. But even Wandell Robinson out of the transfer portal coming home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've won some big-time uh, big recruiting battles. And as, as you guys know, that's what it comes down to in college football. Um, but I, I, th- I think he's he's probably in the in the you know the top ten coaches in college football right now. I, you, I, you think of that top tier. Um, hopefully, I don't miss anyone here. But you think like Kirby Smart, Saban, Ryan Day, Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, Kyle Whittingham at Utah. What, what, how would yes. that? Dude, I, hold on, I, I put myself in a trap here by trying to name some of these. Okay, We're so that's six. six. We're at six. And then and then you probably gotta go. Yeah, I mean, I think the next wave is like Mark Stoops, Mel Tucker, Sam Pittman, James Franklin. Where's Paul Christman? Who am I leaving out? Dude, I, I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have gone down this path because I just left out Jim Harbaugh too. I, I left out Jim Harbaugh too. So, uh, so yeah. But I mean, yeah. You know, but 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 you get it. He's in that ballpark of the top ten coaches in college football. Because uh, you just put yourself in a bad place with Mel. I know I shouldn't have done that. Harbaugh, right. <laughs> so well, here, let's talk. Let's talk Harbaugh, right? Because Harbaugh made one of the most interesting decisions that I've ever seen. And I'm listen. I've, I'm I'm 38 years old. I followed college football for most of my life. Like I've played college football. I've never seen a coach do what Harbaugh has done, which was you get this game, you get that game. And in my mind, when you get that game, the other guy shouldn't be in the game. It's just your game to play. But instead, he inserts J.J. McCarthy into the to Cade McNamara's game. And we asked this, we asked this a week ago, what does a Cade McNamara package look like in a J.J. McCarthy game? And guess what it looks like? Like you're not going to get in. Yeah. <laughs> so he JJ McCarthy is named the starter. And was this just all like we have to honor a guy that got us to the playoff? I'm gonna go, you know what? I'm gonna flip what we said we're gonna do. I'm gonna do it the other opposite way. Adam, I want to go with you first. Yeah, as a player, I, as a player on that team, how do you feel going into it? And then I want to get Coach Sumlin after Adam gets done, you hop in. Yeah, I'm super curious to hear Coach Sumlin's take on this because he's obviously been in the spot to make these decisions. From from an outsider's perspective and as a guy who played recently, my opinion from looking at the situation is that obviously this was never really in question and that this was going to be okay. J.J. McCarthy's job the whole time. And and it shouldn't have ever been a competition, but it was because of Cade McNamara's status with the team. He led, he led, sure. led them to a playoff, playoff spot last year. He was a team captain respected by the entire program, won a ton of football games for him. But the reality is J.J. McCarthy brings more upside to that offense. He's got more of a typical throwing prototypical throwing skill set. He's more mobile. He's got a higher ceiling. And I'm sure they saw that all through training camp. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it probably was just a uh, uh, something that Jim Harbaugh knew would would prove itself on the field and gave them both an opportunity. And it was certainly an interesting interesting decision to to play it out that way. Having the two first the the, the two games they did to start the season allowed them to do that. Um, but I I have a feeling that this was going to be JJ McCarthy's job the entire time. All right, Coach Summer, I want to get here. I want you to get it. Here's the thing I, I think about. I think about Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungo Bailoa. Where what? everyone that was at Alabama was like, oh, two is better. They just, Alabama had the luxury of being able to wait. 
And I feel like Michigan doesn't have that same luxury because we saw what Kate offered us. So if you're the coach in this spot, are you, how do you handle, how do you handle both of these young men? One guy who got you to the playoff for the first time, got you to beat your rival for the first time, but another guy who does feel like he has a little bit more potential to get you over the hump. Let me, let me just start with this, right? Has anything that Jim Harbaugh has done in his life made sense? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a great point. The <laughs> same point. thing, the same thing that everybody was mad about him with his khaki pants and throwing and no shirt on, that whole bit. Everybody Milk skipped State. over the first three quarterback battles he had. Remember that? Nope. Yeah. So uh, John when Corn. You, when you win, O'Corn. John O'Corn. Yeah. Wait, you guys forget about that, right? So when you win, now you become, oh, I can he can make that decision. Three years ago, this would look crazy, just like crazy Jim Harbaugh was three years ago, right? So yeah. there are two different guys right now, but you won. Now you have credibility with your team, your the, everybody else, and don't everybody, right? Even with your quarterback, you know who yeah. the best guy is. And we, we already right. came up, but guess what? We're going to give him a chance. We're going to start two different guys. And then he knew from the beginning what he's going to do. He's just being fair, right? Three years sure. ago, couldn't have done it. And if he did, well, actually, he did do that. So, that <laughs> I mean, he, he played a lot of different guys, right? So, yes. what, what I'm saying is timing's everything. Credibility is everything. And then what that looks like going forward becomes what it needs to be. Because – I mean, he, he, he knows what he's doing in his own crazy way. He's a, he's a really good football coach, and uh, kids love him. They, they're, yeah. I mean, just look at the recruiting class and what they're getting to, to come there. He is a, a – he's a – as some people say, he's a, he's a little bit different, but in the cookie-cutter stage right now, he's a lot different. And, and for whatever reason, um, whether it's the Jordans or whether it's the, the, the Wolverine helmets, guys love being there. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, coach, I'm going to ask you this again. I, not, a, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask this. What is McCarthy? What is what makes you excited? If you're if you're game planning for this team, if you've got to build a game plan for this team, and Adam, get in right after this. Yeah. What makes you excited about JJ McCarthy? Is it the running and the control of the safeties? Is it the vertical push? What makes you excited about JJ McCarthy being in charge of this offense, coach? I, I, I would say this, that he he brings to the table everything that Jim wants to do, right? He can be an RPO guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, can, he, can, he can spin it, but he's got legs. Um, obviously, he's got command. Everybody knows he's talented, right? His team knows how talented he is. Yeah. And his ability to, put, to, to make yards with his legs are completely different than what he gives them on every down. On a normal down – RPO run pass option, you know it's fine. And the deep ball, he's he's proven that too, right? But to yes. control offense, to to be able to do what they need to do, uh, the sky's the limit with this guy. But but you know his the upside has to be his athleticism and his legs. Adam, I I agree completely. And and uh, as Coach Sumlin said, he. If you're, Go ahead. if you're, if I was gonna say, if you're playing, you're playing, and JJ McCarthy's your quarterback. What's the thing you're the most excited about? Yeah, well, that, that's exactly the biggest difference I think between uh, McNamara against Colorado State and then you watch McCarthy against Hawaii was to me the vertical play action game and like and what they were able to open up um, with with McCarthy and and hitting those tight ends down the field. They had that one touchdown where. Um, they they did they did some kind of run action, but they they you know safeties were flying up the field. I think they thought that McCarthy was going to pull it, and he hits a, a dude for a fifty yard touchdown. I mean that that was the difference, and I, a lot of that stems from what he can do with his legs, and and he can make throws at all different levels of the field. He can do it hash to sideline. Like there, there's no question in his in his ability, but you just saw the offense at a different level. And if if I'm a tight end of that offense, I'm certainly enjoying that vertical play action game. I'm I'm sitting there begging the OC to to, to call a few more uh, a few more shots down the field. Yeah, you're gonna listen. Tennessee ran a pop pass this weekend that just they because they're using Tennessee's using. Have you noticed that Tennessee's using these super wide splits guys all outside the numbers? Yeah, which. 
you have to keep at least five or six guys inside the box to like control, still make sure the running back can't hurt you. And then you run a play action. Everyone's sucked up. The safety can't get there because he's over here on the hash. So I, I, yes, that's, and that's what Michigan is opening up with JJ McCarthy because he has the ability to pull it and go. Yeah. Which makes it a little more dangerous. All right. We're going to talk about teams that aren't getting that much attention especially as we go through kind of a big 12 transition, but we're going to talk a little BYU. So I want to get both of you guys. Let's start with, let's start with you, Adam. Let's go to coach after you, but give me your initial thoughts on BYU. They beat Baylor in overtime. It was an ugly overtime, but they won in overtime. what do you think? What do you think about this BYU team? Yeah, I mean they're 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 really good, and and obviously BYU was without their two top pass catchers in in yeah. that game, and and still was able to get a ton on offense. I think, you know, BYU's schedule the way it plays out, they have the ability to have some of the most impressive wins in the country. Um, you think they get into the playoff if they went out? I I think if they beat Oregon, they got to beat ND, um, who yeah. obviously is a mess right now. They got to beat Arkansas. If they can win those yeah. three games. I think Sataki is should be up for coach of the year. I mean, they, they all, he always gets the most out of his team. Um, having Notre Dame at home is an advantage, obviously. Arkansas, yeah. uh, having Arkansas at home is an advantage. I don't know if you guys have – I'm sure Coach Sumlin at some point you were at BYU. Um, but playing there is not easy. I mean, that, that that's like the altitude's high. When I played there, yeah. when I was at UMass, I, was, I had an oxygen tank on the sideline. I could barely <laughs> breathe in that place. Um, so we, weird things happen in Provo, Utah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if they go undefeated with wins against Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, I think they play Boise State. I mean, they always play Boise State, so I'm sure they do. I think they play Stanford. So if they if they went out and now you know that's not an easy schedule. If they went out, they should be in the playoff. I, I don't. I think that that's a better resume than a lot of Power Five teams outside the Big Ten of the SEC. It'll be interesting, right? That first of all, Kalani Sataki, you're exactly right. Year in year out, should be in in, in the finals for Coach of the Year. Um, are there some? Um, some advantages there. Yeah, you got some guys that come back from a mission, but you still got a coach, right? 27 years old, right? They're yeah, right. <laughs> there's guys out there that, that – when I was a GA at, at, at uh, Washington State, and uh, it's kind of crazy, um, it, when they played Michigan for, for the national championship game, and we're, we're playing BYU, and I'm, I'm, it's like eight years later, and the guys out there playing – I played against a guy. Right, yeah. so, I wasn't very good. Right, so it just it coats against him. So it's just different. But to manage that, Kalani, what he does with what with what he has, and they're really good. I mean, their skill set is good. The O line, D line, they play really hard. And, yeah. and you know, and and like you said, if you go to Provo, not only is it the cleanest stadium. It's like so clean in there, even on the walkthrough, and the grass is but the grass is really high. You know why that is? Slow people down. They're but, slow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really high, but it's a great place to play. He has done a fabulous job. Not 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 kinda. Now where do they fit? That team right there, and and that program right there. Where are they going to fit in conference realignment? And what's that going to look? like? Well, they're obviously going to the Big 12 is the, the, the plan as it stands. And, and this year they play Oregon, they play Notre Dame, they play Arkansas. Like they're playing – listen, I'll say this, they play ECU as well. Um, my Both of my parents – both my parents met at ECU, so I will – I stand the Pirates all day. Um, Love it. They, um, they should have Purple beat rain. NC State. Say what? Purple rain. Yeah. Purple rain, No. I think ECU has the best saying in college football. Team yeah. slogan, like, you can go all in, you can go roll tide, you can do this, but ECU's is no quarter. Do you guys know what no quarter means? No. No quarter means we give no quarter, we take no prisoners, we kill everybody. <laughs> you should be proud of that. And so, like, they – like, so – but BYU's got ECU on the schedule. They got Boise State. They've got obviously Notre Dame. And so I listen, anytime I can slip something ECU in there, I'm gonna do it. But I think the really interesting thing is looking at BYU, I do think if they go undefeated, they belong in the playoff. The question becomes 
what do they look like in the Big 12? Let's let's talk about them in the Big 12. And like this is like a flash forward because it's a Big 12 that doesn't have Oklahoma and then doesn't have Texas. What do they look like in the Big 12 as Cincinnati comes in and obviously BYU comes in? What do they look like in the Big 12, Coach? Well, I, I'd say this. If, if you've been on the field with them, like Adam said, I mean, they've yeah. got some grown men out there, right? Mm-hmm that uh, are a little bit different <laughs> uh, from 19 and 20 year olds. There's some dudes out there, 26, 27, got a wife and a family. Uh, <laughs> two no, kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, two kids. Yeah. And, and, uh, got, they're grown ass <laughs> men out there playing against 19 year olds. Right. And so uh, I think there's that piece. And then, you know, five dudes that you're on missions, they come back, they understand. And as we all know, if you have kids, you know, you're and even for us, you're a different person at, yeah. at, at 25 than you are at, at 18, right? Yeah, yes. And, and so those guys understand what they're doing. Uh, some guys understand they may or may not play in the NFL, but they're going to play their ass off for BYU, and and uh, and their maturity level is going to be a problem, I think, for a lot of teams in in in, in the Big 12, just based on recruiting everything else and and just like adam said if you haven't been to provo and played there it's a problem i mean it's it's i'm not talking about swamp it's just the opposite of the swamp right (laughs) with it's so loud you're there you're at altitude people are so nice it's like oh we're gonna play a little football night then these old men roll out here and start grabbing you by the face mask shaking your head with beards it's a completely different situation that the big 12 has ever seen i I was just i was just gonna say coach they always I feel like they always were like the most physical and they always played a little dirty, the BYU, yeah, exactly. the BYU teams, man. They, <laughs> yeah. they always got a little dirty. I'm like, uh, you wouldn't expect it, but, uh, but yeah, I think a little think, dirty. A little. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm being tame right now. I, I, I could talk a lot more about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the big 12, you look at the big 12, if they were in the big 12 right now, I mean, they just beat Baylor. Who's one of one of the best in the big 12. Right. And then one of the front runners. It, yeah. It'd be Baylor, BYU and Oklahoma in, in, in the big 12 right now. So obviously the big 12 is going to look different pretty soon, but, and then, and I think too, and we can't talk about BYU without talking about Jaron Hall too. And he, he's been, he's, he's been really good. You he's can't win good. without a good quarterback as, as we all know. And, and he, he's, he's been playing at a high level. And well, imagine wait, wait, if we hold on. get Gunnar Last, Romney that, back. That was- Last week, two weeks ago, I was on the show, and we had a couple of people pick pick Baylor to win again, the Big 12. Well, you're, you're talking about me? Is... <laughs> this isn't a Big 12 game, just for the record. That's not a Big 12 game. So that's still <laughs> true. The Big 12. I'm, just, I'm just backing up Adam. If they're in the league this year, now what? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. They're not, though. <laughs> Hey, 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 we, hey, we, we can't. Coach Sean was taking, taking notes over. He's taking notes on the picture. Oh, I, I pay attention. Right? <laughs> you got, you no, don't think I, I do, s- but I do. No, I just, listen, I saw you go over there and you were on the computer and you're like, what did he say this other time? And okay, yep, I got him. <laughs> and you were like, got his ass. <laughs> I got it. You got me. No, so we're going to, let's stick in the Big 12. Let's talk Oklahoma. Do we think that they're going to win the Big 12? How do we feel about this offense? Um, Adam, I know you've been watching them. I think that, you know what? Here's what I want to start with when it comes to Oklahoma. Is Braden Willis about to have one of the biggest breakout seasons that we've seen? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he can. He I just had him on uh, one of my like top few players that are I think are going to have just massive seasons. He he can do it all, man. And they it, yeah. I love how Jeff Levy uses them in that system. They they play him all over the field. Um, he's a true. He can do it all, but they use him as kind of like a move guy or like an H back, yeah. which is which is awesome. Um, yeah, he he plays that. He plays the edge. He plays the H. He plays the F. He moves around. Did you see the the pass where he went through the B gap to release to catch a touchdown? Yeah. I think that was the game against UTEP. And it's because in coach, I'm sure you, obviously you know this as well. Usually those guys, that's an outside release because you line them up as a wing. They line him up as the fullback, the fullback and then let him yeah. release inside and go. I just think he's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to be a big part of their success. I agree. I mean, I I, I would say this, and, and you alluded to it earlier. You know, Jeff and Hype. I'm, I'm sorry, Coach Heupel, have been together for a while, right? They're at, at in, in Central Florida. They yeah. they both played there, right? So they've been boys for a long time. All those wide splits inside releases play action 
offensively right. and then and then Levy being at, at Baylor, right? And and going to where like you said, they just stand out there. The receivers save their breath, right? And then when they go, they go. Um it's uh I, I would say offensively, you know, they they have the tools to 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 win the league. Um, I will see where they are later on down the road. I think the Red River shootout again will be a, a, a telltale like we thought last year uh, until, you know, the, the end of the well, year. Hang on. Hey, before we, we're going to, we're going to continue to talk Oklahoma, but let's, we haven't talked. We, I, at least I haven't got a chance to talk about this with, with, especially with you guys. How good do we think Texas is? Go ahead, Adam. Texas with Quinn Ewers or without Quinn Ewers is a completely different different football team. There I mean, it's all, all all runs through the quarterback man, and Quinn Ewers is special. I remember, I'll never forget where I was when I first saw Quinn Ewers film when he was in high school. I remember we were sitting with our quarterbacks coach, and and we were like turning on. And I was like, this is maybe the best high school quarterback film I've seen. Now I haven't seen, I haven't been around forever, so I haven't seen a ton. But uh, but I mean, he's that good, and. uh I mean, it depends when he gets back. Like, if he's back for the Red River shootout, that's a that that game becomes, you know, a, a completely different game than if he's not there. It's a big game for Oklahoma as well. If 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 he's if he's there, if he's not, so uh, I think Texas is is obviously, um, you know, the, the playing Alabama the way they did is impressive, and um, I think I think Texas. Uh, do we dare say Texas is Texas is back? I mean, I feel no. like we say, we say that every year, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you this, Coach Tumlin. They're better. They're better. They are, they're definitely you, better. Yeah. Do you think that there was a little bit of Nick Saban being like teaching his team a lesson? No, you don't go into a game like that. No, they, it's okay. a. Uh, I'll say this, and I agree with Adam. You know, for what they did, I don't. I think you've got to give Sark more credit. Okay. You lose a guy that basically when you made the decision that this guy is going to start the game, yep. less than two weeks, he's getting all the reps, right? And But yes. to that point, tell, tell, to hope, tell, hang on. And tell play people what the, that means. Tell huh? people what that means. So once what you that make means. that decision that the reps are not half, you're not splitting the splitting reps. Now, it might be, depending on how you do it, if the guy's going to play the backup, it's going to be probably 75-25 at the There moment. we go. At the most, right? Get this guy ready to go. And then if, when he gets hurt in the first quarter and the way that it was handled on the sideline and the way and, – and you get your backup gets, gets an ankle, basically. Yes, he did. Yeah. Before the half. And that says a lot. That team right now, I feel like how he handled everything was they, – they believe in him too, right? They're riding high. They're riding high. I mean, you got we we talked about it two weeks ago. I said, hey, watch out for those two 10, 200 meter guys out there because nobody could cover them. They're the fastest guys in football. Right? They just ran by. Yep. And and the three running backs are really good. Uh, I, I would say this that I think Texas right now, they've had time, right? What you have to be aware of if you've been a part of this, and 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 you guys have seen it at all different levels. Right, just like Notre Dame last week. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Gary Patterson's been working on that game since since March. Bingo. Right? He's yeah. been locked right? in somebody's <laughs> he's, closet. He's in the back room. Yeah, yeah the same kind of the same kind of deal that that, that Nick had at Alabama. That's yeah. why Gary's there. Here's the game plan. They they executed it, right? Offensively, they feel good about it. All right. Be careful about what happens this week. Because okay. there was a lot of energy spent. You got yes. a backup quarterback. Yes, good point. You know, it's, That's it, a great people, point. It, it, be careful. I mean, just think about what happened with Notre Dame, right? Right? Yeah. They spent the whole year, they spent everything on Ohio State, and it yep. looked like it last week. So we'll see this week what that looks like. Yeah, they've got – for folks that don't realize, they have UTSA coming up this week. And I, I'm a big Frank Harris fan. I, I absolutely love him. He's someone who – Watching him over the last four years grow as a quarterback has been really fun for me because he, we we, we see him blossom and come into his own. I, he couldn't get the Houston win. We'll see if he's able to get the Texas win. We'll see what happens. But let's flip it back to Oklahoma. So we do think they're a contender in the Big 12. What's their ceiling? Is this a team that we can see in that top four? Remains to be seen. Okay. I, think. I, I, that's, I, I, 
you know, you can't lose a, a dynamic player, the, the players they lost. Do we and, like Dylan Gabriel, though? Yeah, I, I like him. I like him. But let's let's be honest. I mean, is he, is he Caleb Williams? Eh, <laughs> that's up to y'all, right? But, that's, <laughs> so, but, but here's the thing. But, but they, did, they did great. They did great. My point being, let's see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Because Caleb Williams still feels closer to Anthony Richardson than to me than Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel feels a lot closer to C.J. Shroud or Bryce Young. And That's to fine. me, those are like I think there's value in that, right? Like he's a, Dylan Gabriel is the guy that can run, but he doesn't want to run. It doesn't have to, and he wants to make these choices. So Adam, like, let me ask you: You got a quarterback. You got Dylan Gabriel as your quarterback. Yeah. Are you more comfortable with Dylan Gabriel or Anthony Richardson or Caleb Williams? Which guy do you think is like, he's going to hit me in my right spot? I'm also not going to get my head taken off. Yeah. I mean, I think Dylan Gabriel is a good college quarterback. I think he's yes. good in that system and that scheme. I think it fits his ability well. And the other and guys have higher ceilings. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. see him. Um, anywhere close to Caleb Williams and what Caleb Williams can bring to an offense. I think, I think, again, I mentioned him earlier. I think Jeff Lebby is a great coach and play caller and fits that system around what he has really well. So I, I think he's able to, to work. And that's not to take anything away from Dylan Gabriel. Cause I, he's sure. a good college quarterback, but again, he's not, he's not Anthony Richardson who, he's you know, who, he, who, you know, had one of the freakish plays I've ever seen on that, on, on that play where he pumped the dude out. I mean, and then he's not he's not Caleb Williams. He's a, he's a safe play. Can he get um can he get Oklahoma to the big the, to the Big 12 title game? I think he can. Um but you know, they got they got a bunch of uh they got to go to TCU. Coach Sumlin mentioned the Red River game, play Iowa mm-hmm. State. Um so it's not they play Texas Tech who's playing some pretty good football right now too. So um yeah, I I like I like Dylan Gabriel, but I don't I don't get like fired up about him. Okay, Coach Sumlin, I want to get you get you get in here. You got a team. One guy's a little reckless, but high ceiling. The other guy is he knows what he knows all the little pieces. And we listen, we talked about this a little bit with JJ McCarthy and Cade McNamara, obviously. How do you make that choice? Well, it, it depends on your team, right? How's your defense? Right? Oh, yeah. Defense? Yeah. And it's yeah. not just your offense as a head coach. You got to look at the, the whole picture. Right. What's our best chance to win? And if your defense is really good, Got you can it. go with the safe guy. Right. If your defense and you're playing an explosive team that you know that, that yeah, we got to give this guy a chance. Right. The, a guy that can can get up and down the field, create things with his legs. Do they blitz? Are they a sit back and 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 let us run the ball, throw it their drop 18, you know, right. And it, it, what, what's their personality too? So um, the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's not true anymore because everybody's yeah. recruiting quarterbacks at a high level. And, and so, you know, yeah. what, what that looks like personality wise for your team, that becomes the management piece, right? Can your team handle both of these guys knowing that right. the way they're going to be in the game? I, I dig that. That's a that's a perfect answer because I think you're and it leads us honestly to the next question, which is they play Nebraska. Obviously, it's a Big Eight, former Big Eight rivalry, whole deal with before Nebraska moved to the Big Ten and Oklahoma, Nebraska. Scott Frost has just been let go. What do we even expect out of this football game? Is Oklahoma going to walk the dog on him? What do we come expect? Out, out out. Actually, it was a Big 12 opponent when I worked at Oklahoma because we played there him we in, the, in the Big 12 championship game in yeah. Kansas, right? But it, they – That's a long on. time ago. They were <laughs> – well, no, the Big 8 was a longer time ago, right? I know. <laughs> it was the Big 8, then the Big 12 because, listen, when it comes to Nebraska, He's the laughing. thing that I – It's like, what? Yeah. I don't even know when what y'all are talking about. <laughs> when it comes <laughs> – when it, Wait, Nebraska wasn't in the Big point. Ten? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's my next point about recruiting. You, you, yes. you guys don't know 18-year-old that has no idea who Tom Osborne is. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I'll i be honest. I don't know if an 18-year-old – if it's, I, look, let's be real. You're recruiting a kid that's 16 or 17. He doesn't know that Indomitian Sue absolutely ragdolled Colt McCoy in the Big 12 championship. <laughs> I know it. 
has no idea. Doesn't yeah. know that he just – they won – Nebraska won that football game. Yeah. They won a lot of games. And they – obviously they lost the game because they called it – the ball hit the thing with one second to go and they kicked the field goal. But Indominus Sue won that football game. So, yeah, no, I – um. I just think, what are we looking for in this? Because I don't even know if they have like the emotion. And I thought about this a lot with Pitt in the backyard brawl. I don't know if they have the emotion to, to like bring to this football game. Do you think they do? Do you guys think they have the emotion to bring to this game that used to be a yearly rivalry between two teams that ran kind of some version of the triple option and didn't like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think uh, when it comes to Nebraska, I, I I just know that sometimes weird shit happens after you fire your head coach. It just is like sometimes it's just like sometimes it's just like a like a change in change in something like something just happens, and and it's kind of like the old the old adage like whenever whenever something bad happens, people either split apart or they rally together, and and a lot of times it takes a it takes a shift in a. Uh, and, and a head coach leaving like that to bring people together. I don't know if the Rascals is going to win the game, but I could see them coming out with some new energy. I know players love Mickey Joseph. Um, he's done a good job there. So I, I don't know. I, I think it is going to be a fun game, though. I'll say this, Adam. You're right. Uh, you know, and and if I've been on both sides of the head coach, been an assistant coach, been, been put in those different roles. Um, let's just be honest here. Those players have known they've been – this has been since last year, mid-season, right? Yeah, true. What's yeah. going to happen? What's going to go on? What's gonna, who's going to be? Who's our coach? What's the, what, what, what are we doing, right? And so there is a sense of relief from some other people, coaches, players, and Mickey Joseph is the right man right now for this place. And, uh, and, and because Nebraska's lost their recruiting base. They've lost everything. They're not playing in the yeah. South. All the good yep. when they lost, they had everything from the South: Texas, Florida, all kinds of guys. California Florida, too. North, California, mm-hmm. everything they've got. I mean, there's no and and the days are over just to go to Lincoln to play, right? There's too many nice places out there for a guy <laughs> to go and play. They can see really. stuff on television now. Exactly. Yeah, but you, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, Mickey's the right guy. I think there's a sigh of relief. I hate to say it because I've been fired. You know, when you walk out the door. Some guys are just, you know, we're, we're the, the stress level of the players, right, or, or is down. And then Mickey can walk in there and say, hey, here's what we're doing. And guess what? If you're that guy, then you can run a reverse on 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 third and, and two, right? And don't yeah. care, right? Yeah. I'm not Look, if it works, it works, right? We can fake punts. And, and, and when you play a coach like that, you're like, he's got nothing absolutely nothing to lose well he's got the, he could be the head coach in nebraska but everybody knows the odds of you being the from the interim head coach to being the head coach slim, are yeah. slim and none right yeah and they say yep. slim rode out of town so <laughs> you know you've, you've got very little chance to be the head coach but you do have a chance to build your resume to do things that people say hey this guy can coach he's a really good coach and it's a dangerous deal for, for Oklahoma this weekend at Nebraska. It's going to be packed. I just think, you know, he's got nothing to lose. Let it all hang out. And, and as a game plan guy, offensive, defense, special teams, you're like, what are they going to do? Give right? the ball to Anthony Grant. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, Mark Whipple is going to be airing <laughs> that ball out all game. They, and, they, 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 they may throw it 60 times. <laughs> now, and and Whip, Whip has probably got the green light now to do whatever the hell he wants. And, and I was, Whip, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And Whip is a brilliant, brilliant coach. Yes, I, mean, he is, I yeah. mean, he is a great football coach. And so you're going to see motions, shifts. You're going to see everything out of the bag this week because let's be honest, both coaches, even Whip, I mean, as old as he is, still wants to keep coaching football. Yeah, but, but it's a, it's on 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 that stage against Oklahoma. Those guys have done it long enough. They understand what kind of audition this is for the next job, whether it's yeah. here or the next place, and they're going to put their 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 guys in a position to be successful. Listen, well, I, listen. I want to. This is I love this conversation. I want to talk. I want to spin it to another team that used to be in the Big 12, team that you've coached at, Texas A&M. 
Uh, before we get to talk AM to wrap up the show, let's get to this Will Mallory interview because Miami is taking on the is taking on the Aggies and they just lost to App State. So I wanted to do go backward to go forward, but we're gonna start with Will Mallory. Let's run that interview and then we can talk about that App State game. And then we can talk about what the Aggies got going on going forward. We have Miami Hurricanes tight end Will Mallory with us today. Will, thank you for taking the time, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Yeah, excited. Awesome. Good to see you. So let's start with this. Your offense has scored 100 points in two weeks. Just massive performances to start the season. Do you guys feel like there's a sense of excitement about what this offense is capable of? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're excited, obviously. You know, it's good to get the Ws, but I, I think all of us and everyone in the building, you know, agrees that we haven't hit our full potential yet. Um, and that's something that we have to, we're have we working for, you know. Um, you know, obviously, most important to get the Ws. That's the most important thing. We're excited about that. But, you know, we, we still got a lot to, you know, to showcase and a lot to prove to ourselves that because we know we're capable of doing a lot more. To your point on that, last game, some – quietness to the start of that game down seven to three early in the second quarter you rattle off 23 straight points obviously a game you guys were favored in was there any sort of panic settling in when they took that lead or, or how do you regroup as a team when you look up at the scoreboard like oh crap this is this is a game yeah you know obviously we started slow not the way we wanted to and it took us a little while to pick it up and um, some inconsistencies and stuff that we had to fix. But, you know, we came in knowing that, you know, Southern Miss was a good team. You know, whether their record last year or whatever it was, we, we knew coming in that they had players and, you know, it, that it was going to be a game, you know. So we didn't we didn't take them lightly. Um, but, you know, we hurt ourselves. Uh, everything that we, you know, that we started slow was because of our own doing. So, you know, you know, miscues or like um, mistiming. So, uh, but once we started getting together, we felt good. We got that rhythm back. Um, it was good, but no, we, we didn't take them lightly at all. It was just, you know, you know, self-inflicted wounds for sure. And get it together. You absolutely did rattled off 23 straight points, pull away with a victory. That's not something that quite a few teams who are ranked ahead of you guys last week were able to do even with their struggles. Uh, you guys sit today as of September 14th, when we're recording this, 13th in the country in the AP poll. Do you feel like you guys are underrated with the offensive performance? I'm a little surprised you guys aren't cracking the top 10 and even working your way up those rankings. Is that something you pay attention to at all? No, I, I really don't even pay attention. I couldn't even tell you who else is in the top 25. Um, yeah, I don't really pay attention to that. I don't think a lot of guys do either, you know. Um, you know, we've done what we're supposed to. We got to win, and that's what we got to continue to do. So uh, until we keep winning and, and showing that, you know, hey, we're one of those top teams, um, you know, I, I don't really pay attention to it or really think twice. So going into next week, obviously a massive matchup, ranked two teams, two teams with high profiles, big hopes this season, Texas A&M, College mm -hmm. Station. And a spot for Texas A&M where they're coming off just dropping one at home against Appalachian State. So you'd assume no sort of let down from them, maybe a sense of desperation from their side. What do you expect from the Aggies this week, knowing that that's sort of the context leading up to that game? And how do you prepare for, for a high profile matchup like this? Uh, you expect their best, you know, they're going to, that's a tough, tough uh, one last week, obviously it's, that's, that's why people love college football. It's crazy. So, but I mean, we're going in there and expecting their best. I mean, they're going to come in there, you know, ready to show what they can do because, you know, they're a top defense, they're a top team in the country. So, you know, we don't take that lightly at all. You know, I mean, we played App State last year, so we know how good of a team that they are. So it wasn't a surprise to me that that, that, that was able to happen. But coming in, you know, uh, we have all the respect and, you know, Texas A&M, I mean, they're, they're a great team. So we're ready for the challenge. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a, you know, a boxing match for four quarters. That's for sure. That's Will Mallory, tight end for the Canes. They're going to play in College Station. Obviously, the Aggies are reeling a little bit from a school that apparently they didn't know existed, Appalachian State. And uh, I can tell you this as someone from North Carolina, 
Uh, Boone does not play, baby. They are serious about their business, and we'll see if the Canes can be serious about theirs. Adam, I wanted to ask you first and foremost, how did the Aggies rebound from that loss to, to Appalachian State, a loss that most people didn't see coming? Yeah, I think first of all, we got to acknowledge uh, what App State's done as a program, and and they could easily be sitting here at 2-0 and against two Power yeah. 5 teams if they would have beaten UNC. That might be the highest scoring game of the year. Uh, they got Chase Bryce is an elite quarterback, uh, and they they've obviously done this for a long time of beating these beating these Power Five programs. So, um, you know, obviously not a good loss though for the for the Jimbo Jimbo Fisher era, and uh, you know it, it's tough because they're so the expectations at A and M are so high, um, and and the 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 hot seat is so quick to come up at A and M anytime things don't exactly go well. The thing I go back to at A and M is you know whenever a program's not doing well the first thing i think about is the quarterback i always go back to like you got to yeah. have an elite quarterback right and haynes king is just is not elite and and i just keep thinking that and as as well as they as they've recruited at what point do they get that quarterback that can take them over the edge and then at what point does max johnson or um um Connor Wigman get a get a chance the the, the backups. Yeah. So I think at some point you know there's nothing to lose. Jimbo's backs against the wall and and uh, something needs to give. So Coach Sumlin, you had the last elite quarterback that A and M had, right? Well, you know, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> uh, Kellamon was well. I, it, some people don't think so, but I, I you know I think Kellamon was a, a good enough player to win. Um, you know, we didn't play, say good enough. We said won. elite. Well, elite, but he's the all-time leading passer in the history of Texas A&M. I'll just put it sure. that way. There we so okay. He, listen, if you he was that listen, bad, you wouldn't you have been were, there, right? You're so, look at you. You're protect you. you look, I, hey, listen. I love I, it. I, look, I, I spent six great years there, right? Um, and 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 a lot of those players and a lot of people are still there. I, I would I would agree with Adam. I think that. You know, and in certain instances, I, I, I believe this, that it's what you ask that guy to do sure. that makes a difference, right? Um, I've seen Haynes, it, it, the, the guy can run, right? And he can spin it. But, you know. So what do you ask him to do? What you ask him to do becomes part of the deal. So who's your identity right now? Right? There, were, there were, I'll just say this. It's not critical, but it is. So at State <laughs> – they, they attempted 52 rushes Yep. in Kyle Field. Control the clock, right? I'm pretty sure that A&M ran the ball 19 times, right, during that time. Right. If there's a touchdown, uh, the, touch, the two touchdowns come from a kickoff return, which is concerning. From the fastest guy on the field who runs 10, is a, is a uh, you know, 10, 200-meter guy electronic. And a rush from him without the with without the kickoff return, it's not close. Yeah. So great point. Who are you offensively? I think defensively, they're still playing at a high level. App yep. State's a, a a really good. I mean, you, you're talking about a quarterback who starts off. You got to remember, he was there for the Clemson game, right? He was on Clemson sideline as a number yeah. two for when they won. So he's seen that before he left, right? So Clemson Duke, this guy's, you know, this guy's a COVID baby with, with two different schools and a bunch of different stuff. This is grown-ass man like BYU, right? So yes, yeah. he's not – he is not – they were not uh, intimidated at all by Cal Field based on how they played the week before. Coach did a great job preparing them. But my point being, I mean – who is who is AM on offense? Who are they? Right. You've got a, a sprinter at, at tailback, not a not a, a hammer guy, right? We didn't yes. see any more guys, right? They got to get some guys on the perimeter to get open with, with a quarterback that can run. And so, you know, it, it's that's a work in progress. I I'll be interested to see with athletes and length, right? What that looks like this week with guys that can recover from mistakes. Uh, on, okay. On Here's what we got. Just, just, just to see what happens. It's, it's going to be a great game. Coach, we, got 40, we have 45 seconds. I need 10 from you and 10 from you. 10 from yeah. Coach, 10 from Adam. Give me 10 seconds on why folks need to watch this game. Figure out who, who, 
Who's who? That's like I said about Penn State, Purdue. Who are they? Right? Who is Miami and who's AM? Well, Adam, I think to flip the script, you, you see see Miami, see the Mario Cristobal era and see what see what he's doing there. I mean, he's he's done a really good job at Oregon, and I think he's gonna turn the U around pretty fast. Listen, you said you you think he's gonna turn the U around. I'm very excited to see what they look like. Tyler Van Dyke is on a lot of people's short list for first round draft picks at quarterback. So that's what we're looking for in this football game. Folks, for Coach Kevin Sumlin, for Adam Brimman and Adam Brimman, Adam Brimman, former <laughs> tight end from Penn State and UMass. I'm Michael Felder. Hey guys, let's cheers it up, boys. We're out of here. Appreciate it, guys. That was fun. Thank Dang. you.